Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? It is time for a bonus pod. Uh, this came at the request of a few people, um, and they wanted to know effectively and i mentioned this and teased it on the um uh wave wire pod this week that what stats matter when you're looking at fantasy football um it's great that you put out all this content it's great from a strategy perspective and we get these picks but we want to understand a little bit more for our own research what stats matter um and in truth, there's a lot of data out there you can get. There's lots of data for free. And there's lots of data that you can pay for. Um, I'm going to stick to free stats, right? I'm going to stick to stats that you can get for free without any subscriptions. Because I feel like only the extreme players will pay for um, fantasy subscriptions. Um, and really what most players are looking for those stats will give them an edge over their most like most leagues they're in and can help them form their opinion and the other thing i'd preface is that different analysts and different people will have different views on different stats and there are many different stats that you can use and there's many different stats out there that are available i'm going to give you the view of stats that i think are most useful and i think the advice i would give to people in this situation is it's really easy to um, be paralyzed by statistics um, and really sort of overcomplicate and make things more difficult for yourself. Um, I think really you should come to a view of knowing when it comes to statistical analysis, what specifically you're trying to work out, what you're trying to understand. And most often it's comparison of players for start sits or draft um it's really difficult there's so many different statistical areas that you can go into 
that actually I think you could almost counteract a lot of the things that you will try and uncover or try and understand. So I'm going to give you my take on what I think is the most useful. Um, and I'll give you the sources as well. And I think that's what's really key is. So it's completely transparent. These are tools that I use. These are tools that help me become uh, a better analyst. Um, and I'm not saying that you need these to become an analyst. Far from it. What I'm saying is in order to just understand the context of the stats is really key. I will also preface this by saying I watch every game. So I, you know, I'm not just looking at the stats. I'm looking at the games. I watch the games um, on NFL Plus, uh, Game 40, and I'm watching it with my own eyes. And I'm looking for things that confirm what I see. So when I'm looking for things, I'm looking for things that I've seen. Or things I've not seen. Um, it's really difficult, not impossible, but it's more difficult to find a win starting from a cold base. So really, you're looking at things and thinking, well, this doesn't add up. Or well, actually, why is this happening? Or what's and then you start digging into the stats to fully understand um, all of that. Um, right. So let's go into a few different areas. Right. The first thing I would go into. Uh, let's start with the quarterback position. Really, with the quarterback position, there isn't too much uh, data. We kind of know what who's good and who isn't, and we kind of know um, why they're doing well and why they're not. Okay, so you know what we're what we're looking at the um, quarterback position is effectively a few different things. You can do um, touchdown rate now. Most of this is a manual calculation. Most uh, analysts will do this by having a spreadsheet with the stats and then working this out. And to work out the, the touchdown rate, it's the number of touchdown or the number of attempts divided by, oh, sorry, the number of touchdowns divided by the number of attempts and then times that by 100. And that's your touchdown uh, rate percentage, right? Um, and that will give you a, a number. So it's interesting just to see where people sit in their touchdown rate in terms of how often they throw touchdowns um and the reason that's important is you you do a comparison across everyone and you see where they are and you're looking for people that are above a medium and people that are below a medium so once you've got the stats for all the players uh you start to actually look at that and work out what the touchdown rate is so there isn't many places you might be able to google it and find a place i tend to just do it on my own but that's kind of a good guide just to see how potent the offense is for the quarterback um, that's really good thing to try and understand. So someone like Tua Tagovailoa's touchdown rate is over double what Derek Carr's is, for example. Right? So there's an uh, example there of like why Derek Carr might not be someone that would be of interest uh, to many people this year. I'm not too worried about interceptions. I don't really give too much credence or, or interest into, into that. The top QBs this year have thrown between seven and nine each. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, great. CJ Charles thrown one, and that's amazing. Um, but he's also not the QB one in fantasy football, right? So the things I think um, are most interesting, um, I like to look at... So I go to next-gen stats, right? That's kind of where I use most of my quarterback stats um and the things that and if you've never used next gen stats if you try and do it on your phone it's really and it even says it's own right it's much better performance wise from a, a desktop right um much better to understand and see because you when you highlight over the top it has like a key of like tt which is time to throw and when you hover over the the, the column it tells you what each stat is so if you don't have to know that algorithm it will tell you um 
I look at time to throw because it just tries to help understand like who's very good at just making passes and making reads um, and who actually needs that bit of time to be successful. Um, anyone that's kind of above. Uh, the other thing you could argue is that a higher time to throw means they've got a higher, a better offensive line. I don't always buy into that um, because a, a player like uh, Patrick Mahomes can extend the play because he's quite difficult to, to sack. Same with Josh Allen so, uh, and Jalen Hurts because they're rushing quarterbacks they kind of evade and, and make space so um you'll find that most people will be between uh 250 and, and 270 and that's kind of like the norm um you'll notice that the quarterbacks that aren't performing very well this year for the most part tend to be higher or the extremely good quarterbacks tend to be higher and everyone else kind of sits uh in the middle so it's just an interesting thing to uh kind of look at uh, and just get some credence on the other things that I'm uh, interested from um, is the average completed air yards and the intended air yards. Um, the higher, more explosive offenses, you'll see um, good, good numbers in between. So um, what good number is like the intended air yards, you're going to see numbers of around about eight. Um, so Washington, Miami, uh, Buffalo, Philadelphia, all these are around eight over eight. That that's the sign of it. Kirk Cousins at seven point two, CJ Stroud eight point nine, even Derek. But then it's not always the case because Derek Carr eight point six, Matthew uh, Matthew Stafford eight point four, Brock Purdy eight point three. You know, um, but then what I'm also looking at is the completed eight yards. So we're actually seeing how many people are completing to a high level. CJ Stroud. Uh, really high level, 7.2. Matthew Stafford, 7.2. Brock Purdy, 7.1. These are important to understand, um, but not loads to gain out of. Um, but it's just interesting to see who's getting the ball down for real. Um, aggressiveness, which they have on there, is a good stat. Again, it just confirms the buy. It just confirms why some quarterbacks are doing better than others. And that's really ultimately what we're trying to understand. Um, so... It's just giving you an idea of just everything we know. Like why are these quarterbacks good? All these are giving you that. The other number that's important is the completed percentage. Um, it gives you an expected complete a percentage complete uh, completion percentage and expected completion percentage, and then the difference between the two. Um, these are just interesting just to see how quarterbacks are performing. Um, so, like everyone talks about Patrick Mahomes. And he's got a really high completion percentage, but he's actually his expected completion percentage is uh, higher, which means he's actually lower than he should be, um, which is interesting because it just suggests he's not made as many plays this year as um, he normally does. Whether someone like Josh Allen is six percent uh, completed over expected completed, which says that he's making plays not expected to be completed, and then also his receivers are making plays. Jalen Hurts, etc., six point nine percent which says that his play is elevated to a new level. Um, these are just good, interesting numbers to see. Again, good quarterbacks tend to have very good completion percentage rates. The only exception to this in fantasy football is CJ Stroud, 62%. That's uh, quite low. That should be higher. Um, but again, all the good quarterbacks are hovering over 67 or at 67 or above 67%. Um, and that's what makes them elite. Um, even players like Dak Prescott is at, at 70%. Lamar Jackson, 71%. Um, you know, it's telling you that the, these separate the good players from the bad players. Um, so the more completed 
percent, the higher the completed percentage, the more yards they're likely to have, and therefore the more uh, plays they're going to make. Uh, and the, in theory, less interceptions. No, not always uh, the case. Um, if you look at some of the quarterbacks, perhaps not doing so well in this category, Anthony Richardson wasn't doing so well. He was under 60%. Sean Watson, 62%. Ryan Tannehill, 62%. Justin Fields, 61%. Kenny Pickett, 61%. Will Levis, 60%. There's only a couple of games as hard. Zach Wilson, less than 60%. He's at 59.9%. Jordan Love, 59.6%. So these are the quarterbacks not potentially doing as well. Um so for me, you need to be to be at a good level. You need to be about sixty-seven percent. That two-thirds of your passes just feels right to me. That's kind of where you need to be. Um, there's lots of reasons why that completion percentage is there. Team might not have the supporting cast. Um, team might just be more aggressive in losing positions more often, um, and you know struggling to get the ball down the field. The same way that a team with a high a quarterback with a high percentage doesn't necessarily mean they're good. Um, Tyson Bajit, for example, sixty seven point three percent, but you know he's lost two or three games. So yeah, there, there's that. Um, there's that going. So it's not always like a surefire predictor of what's good and what isn't. It's just an interesting trend to follow and to keep an eye on. But the elite quarterbacks tend to be around that 67% above, 68% above. Um, that's really it for quarterbacks. It's really, you know, if you understand the touchdown rate, you can understand how many touchdowns they're scoring. But I would say quarterback's the easiest position. I don't, you know, I think for me, you don't need to overthink quarterback. I think you can just, you just know who's good and who isn't. That's really it. Um, you know who the elite quarterbacks are. And then the other thing with quarterbacks is the rushing, right? So how many rushing yards do they get? That's the other part of the game. So people like Jalen Hurts, uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, you know, it's about how many rushing yards they get because that gives you that quote-unquote Konami code, that that low floor or that um, low uh, high ceiling. Oh, sorry, high floor. Let's get this one right uh, because they rush. So remember that um, they for every 25 yards thrown, you get one point, but for every... Uh, 10 yards run you get one point so you know it is a much safer path to have Jalen Hurts Lamar Jackson in particular uh, in your team so really you know there's quarterback stats next gen stats I find is the best place for this information it's all there in one page that I kind of want I don't really overthink quarterbacks I don't think many people do I think you know who the elite is then who the good is and then everybody else right so I, I don't you know I think I've kind of probably done QBs more to death than I plan to. Um, let's talk about running backs next. So, running backs for me, the key again, the key thing for me, and you can find this information in a, in a couple of different areas. Um, I tend to use uh, Fantasy Pros for a lot of this information. Um, I'm looking at snap share, so in terms of how many snaps they run. Um, so I'm looking at, in particular, I, I'm looking at court, uh, running backs that tend to be on the field over 70% of the time. That makes them more towards being that bell, cap, bell cow role. I'm looking at how many carries they have or rushing attempts, whichever way you kind of want to look at it. Um, obviously, yards is important. Yards per attempt is reasonably important but it's not the end all be all because volume is more important than the yards per attempt um two great examples of this are uh, josh jacobs and travis etm both under four yards per carry 
but both right up there in total yards. So rushed. So again, volume. Uh, both of them are, I think, one and two in uh, attempts per game. Uh, yes, they are. Josh Jacobs, 159. is the most uh, rushing attempts of any rushing back this year. Travis Etienne is at um, 151. So... They've had more carries, hence why their yards per attempt could potentially be lower. But then that's not necessarily true because Christian McCaffrey is third in rushing attempts, 137. Uh, he's at 4.8 uh, yards per attempt. So, uh, but both those guys over 500 rushing yards, right? So it's not not the end all be all. The things that um, prove to me that a running back is good and therefore is going to get more um, touches. Uh, is the rushing yards after contact. And there's two ways of looking at this. You can look at it as total yards after contact earned or the rushing yards after contact per rushing attempt. And that's probably a better way. So, like, let's look at Keaton Mitchell, right? So Keaton Mitchell is currently leading the NFL in yards after contact per attempt. But, he's, you know, he's only had nine carries. <laughs> so, uh, but he's at eight point. But he's had 75 rushing yards of his nine carries after contact. So it's quite impressive. Um, so he's at 8.3 yards uh, after contact per attempt, which is just unusual, right? It's never normally that high. Devon Achan is second. Probably uh, Devon Achan, sorry, is second. Not a huge surprise, right? Um, given what we've seen him do. He's at five. But again, he's only carried the ball 38 times. So not... His yards per attempt is just ridiculous. It's a non-sustainable number. Anyway, um, I would say, so let's exclude anybody that's had under 50 carries. So if we go 50 carries and above, the leader in this metric is Khalil Herbert, 2.4. And he actually was pretty high up in this metric last year, um, which is why you get the, the fantasy community screaming for Khalil Herbert to get more touches because he earns so many more yards after contact than most anybody else. And that's fair. And that's a reason why you see some fantasy analysts banging the table for players is because of this yards after contact metric is so, so important. Um, and that is true. And it is important. Um, Jonathan Taylor is next on this list, um, followed by Christian McCaffrey, followed by James Cook. So, you know, people saying, like, James Cook hasn't been good this year. Actually, he's been pretty good. He just hasn't scored touchdowns. That's the difference. But his actual running ability has been good. He's 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, but 2.2 yards of that is actually after contact, which is the same as Christian McCaffrey, which is great. Um, Zach Charbonne, not quite 50 um, touches, but, again, 2.2 yards per carry uh, after contact. Uh, yards per attempt after contact, sorry. Uh, Brees Hall, 2.1. Uh, Jamal Gibbs, 2.1. Derek Henry, 2. Nagy Harris, 2. Um, you know, those are the guys over 2. That's an elite number, right? Now let's go to players who have a not very good yards after contact number. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 0.9. Uh, are there any other standout? Uh, he's he's arguably the worst. He's the worst of anybody who's carried the ball fifty times. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, one yard after yards after contact per carry. Dante Foreman, one. So again, this highlights why Dante Foreman might not be a long term solution. Um, Jamal Williams at forty one carries. Okay, one point one. 
Aaron Jones, 1.1. Cam Akers, 1.1. Cream Hunt, 1.1. Josh Jacobs, 1.1. You know, these are not good numbers. Uh, yards, um, yards after contact. Uh, Rashad White, 1.2. Austin Eckler, 1.2. Zeke Elliott, 1.2. These aren't good numbers, right? So they need to be better. Um, and that's why when you get people saying, oh, they've not been good, this is why. Uh, is these yards after contact numbers are just not particularly good. Another rushing metric that's really important to look at, and this goes back to next-gen stats. Rush Next-gen stats has an amazing statistic, and this for me is probably the most important one other than like carries and volume. So again, I'm looking at Snapshare. I'm looking at uh, rushing yards per temp, but more important, crushing yards after contact. Um, and then also looking at a metric on next-gen stats, which is rushing yards over expected. And what I'm looking for in particular here, uh, running backs that are particularly not doing well and running backs that are doing really well. Because what I'm trying to do is understand um, particularly why running backs aren't doing well, and then are they in line for negative and positive regression, right? So I would look at Josh Jacobs and Rashad White. They're two players who are leading this league in this metric. There are 82 rushing yards, uh, minus 82 rushing yards over expected, which means that 82 rushing yards under expected on the season, which is a lot considering that we're halfway through a season. Um, you know, someone like Rashad White, that's over a quarter of his rushing yards <laughs> if he was to add that on again. Now, that says to me that both. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If these players are in line for some positive regression, we're seeing this with Richard White over the last couple of weeks. His rushing numbers have improved significantly. Um, Josh Jacobs will be in line with a similar line. Uh, Next on this list is Alexander Matheson. He's at minus 73. Uh, Cam Akers minus 65. So again, these are players you could look at and say they've not been good. They potentially are in line to regress back to a mean. Probably not all the way to a positive number, but they should improve. Or they're just historically bad. You have to make that judgment call. I'd look at these as buy low opportunities. So I'm looking at players with a huge negative rushing yard over expected thinking, I actually think there's a better player in there, especially if you can go back to their historical trends. So I could look back and I can look at 2022 and compare Josh Jacobs and Richard White. And uh, rush, so Josh Jacobs last year was 158 rushing yards over expected. So that says to me there's an offensive line problem, a coaching problem potentially, which is why they fired the coaches. But also it could look like they're actually Josh Jacobs could just naturally go back to the mean and improve. So there's something um, that we should significantly look at. Um, 
if I look at who led this metric last year, it's Leonard Fournette. He was minus 135 yards uh, over uh, expected. So he was 135 yards under expected. Rashad White was minus 30. He had a lot less workload. This says to me, this is a scheme. This is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers problem. So actually, Rashad White doesn't necessarily look like someone who's due positive regression, although he is actually trending that way. But again, this is why looking at the historical data. So I look at Josh Jacobs and think, these numbers are in isolation to his performance. Um, therefore, he's a good buy low candidate. Um, let's reverse it the other way. Leading this metric, um, significant rushing yards over expected. So Zach Moss, Raheem Mostert, Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey, B. John Robertson are the top five. I look at those first two and think that they are players who haven't historically done very well in this metric. They haven't done badly, but they've not done historically brilliantly as well as they are now. So I would look at that and go, they're in line for regression, potentially. I look at players like Brees Hall and Christian McCaffrey and look at them and go, they're just naturally talented players. Um, and therefore, they're better than the average. So, of course, they're going to exceed this metric every single year. Um, so that's a good way of looking at this number. So I like to look at this number potentially for potential buy lows, potential sell highs, uh, just potentially. It's hard to sell high in the rushing, um, in the running back environment because there's not that many of them. So actually, if you've got one that's healthy and it's got volume, it's much easier to sort of sell high. But if you want to hold on to them, and I completely understand that you're not going to sell them. Uh, that was kind of where I was getting at with this. Um, so I'm looking at this to try and understand the picture of understand what's going on. Um, again, you can start to look at this as rushing yards over uh, expected per attempt. And this is really important. You get those players that are over one rushing yard uh, expected per attempt. Think, okay, there's going to be some regression baked into this. So I look at most uh, Moss, Bijan, Khalil Herbert. These players, I'd expect there to be some uh, regression. Um when I look at actually the only player right now who's over one yard uh, under expected every carry is Cam Akers. Rashad White was here a couple of weeks ago, as was uh, Ramadre Stevenson. And both of these players have significantly improved these numbers. Uh, Ramadre Stevenson's got all the way back to 30, 0.38 uh, rushing yards per attempt. He was at over one a few weeks ago, for example. So this is what I mean. There's players that are working back towards the mean. Um, so there was bounce back ability. There was buy low in Ramadre Stevenson in Rashad White. Um, Rashad White's still not doing brilliantly. Second worst in this metric on rushing yards. I expect to play attempt, but he was over one. Now he's he's got a quarter of a uh, a quarter of a yard back per attempt. So um, that's important. It just shows bounce back ability, etc. So again, I'm not worried about Josh Jacobs and him leading this metric. I think it's he's a bounce back candidate. So that's something there that's worth. Uh, looking at and understanding in, in more detail. Um, let's go to receivers. And there's a big, there's a load of statistics you could look at. And again, you could kind of look at uh, analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis. Um, what I tend to look for that's important, I'm looking for, um, I'm looking for target share. Um and then more importantly, I'm talking looking at the red zone target share. Um, see how many targets they're getting in the red zone. I'm looking at the target rate and I'm looking at the snap share. Um, that's how many snaps they're kind of running, right? 
Um, you can find this on playerprofile.com. It's completely free. You can, at the top, there's a player a search player, so you can find a wide receiver you're interested in. So I'm looking at that. And you can also find this data on uh, Fantasy Pros in terms of target share, team target share. Uh, but player profile gives you a lot more detail, a lot more stats, right? Tons of stats. I'm interested in players that have, you know, a high target share, um, a high target rate and a high snap share. And then more importantly on that, a high air yard share. So let's pick an elite wide receiver um, like Keenan Allen, right? So I pull up Keenan Allen and you'll start to understand what I mean by elite numbers. Um, I, For me, uh, anyone that's got a target share over 20% is, uh, you know, we're talking about good numbers here uh, in terms of what they're likely to deliver. Um, ideally, you want the elite players will get over a 25% target share. That's going to be really important. So Keenan Allen, for example, he has a 30% target share. That ranked him as uh, wide receiver 10. 28.2% uh, target rate, which is 13. 89.9% snaps. It's 18. It's a number 18 overall. So again, he's playing 90% of the snaps. He's got a 30% target share. He's got 22.5% target share in the red zone. That's important. It's a high amount, but not necessarily elite level. Uh, good target rate. He's got 36% share in the A yards. Uh, his A dot is the next one you look at, is the average depth of target. So if you start to work out how many, what's his average targets per game? If you're thinking that he gets an average of, say, seven targets per game, and then you work out his A dot is 10, average distance to target, then you're working out on average he should be getting sort of 70. Uh, you know, we're talking really basic here, but if he catches all seven targets at an average of A dot 10, he'll get 70 yards, right? And then this is how you start to work this out. Um, but it's not as easy as that. Again, we're looking at. Um, potential deep targets they have in there. That's less important to me, but it is interesting to see. Red zone targets is highly important. You want to see, is your player getting red zone? Because that shows they're trusted in the most important part of the field, which shows that they're going to get a higher percentage. Um, player profile does some really cool stuff. Uh, expected fantasy points per game, which is really cool. Uh, true catch rate. Um, it does like contested catch rate. There's loads of stats. Like the wide receiver position is definitely like the... Um, the one that you can really sort of go to town on probably more than any other position. So I'm, I'm a big fan of player profile for this, but again, you can kind of get lost in this. So for me, I'm really interested in volume, right? For volume for me is the biggest key because that shows you're trusted the most. So I want the players who have got the highest percentage of team targets. And when I start to read these numbers, you'll see why this is important. AJ Brown, right? exclude Garrett Wilson, uh, just because there isn't anyone else on his team. Tyreek Hill, Puka Nakua, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Michael Pittman, DeAndre Hopkins, Amit Ross St. Brown. All right, Marquise Brown, C.D. Lamb, Adam Thielen. So these are players, you're like, oh, why are these players doing well? Adam Thielen, Marquise Brown. It's because they've got a high, really high percentage of their team's targets. So that's why they're doing well. Um you can then start to, on uh, this is on Fantasy Pros, you can start to look at how many catchable passes versus how many drop passes. You can look at their red zone targets, right? So here's red zone targets. Devontae Adams leads that metric. Michael Pittman in second. Jamar Chase third. Tyreek Hill. DK Metcalf. Stefan Dix. Um, I talked about last week, uh, Chris Goblin being a buy low. Yes, didn't have a good game this week. 
But again, 12 red zone targets. They're forcing him the ball in the area of the field that really counts. That shows you it's important. Um, those, to me, are really important. Percentage EA yards is important because you're starting to see how they're used. You can get a more advanced sort of paid metric is um, first read percentage. You hear me talk about that sometimes. That is important. Um, other sort of um, advanced stats I use that are paid for are like uh, fantasy points per run because that um, shows you how good they are at winning and getting fantasy points and higher that is, the more likely they are to get targets. It's a, a point towards future production. So when I look at these stats, um, you know, those advanced metrics are kind of the difference in fantasy analysts and trying to predict players that are going to come out and overperform. Um, because they're getting high fantasy points per route run. And it's just kind of like the peripheral numbers are there, but they're not all overly there. On the free metrics, things like uh, team target percentage, um, red zone targets, you know, they're kind of good indicators. Uh, if they're getting the ball in the areas of the field that matter most and they haven't performed, so that's why I looked at Chris Goblin, highlighted him. There's some numbers there that really I like and a lot. Uh, team target share was 23%, not the best, but not the worst. So again, um, but you could use these uh, like number of routes run. Um, number of routes run is a good number, like an overall number, just to see, um, like, is their team running a lot of plays, therefore running a lot of routes? Because a player could be running 90% of routes or 100% of routes, but actually they're not running many routes because they're not running many plays. That's an interesting one to look at as well. So yeah, is a, a dot's a good one because a dot is kind of telling you that they're going to make plays versus not make plays, and that also tells you like the good offenses and the bad offenses as well. So the best place I would go to for for analysis here is um, playerprofiler.com, but uh, Fantasy Pros has a really nice like, advanced um, metrics here for uh, wide receivers, and there's loads of clickable tabs you can go into. Uh, and look at but really what you're looking at you're trying to identify players who are getting the ball often volume what they're doing with that volume um and then where they're getting it so percentage of team targets um and then red zone targets uh it's good you can they also have a nice little uh, box here which is like uh big plays uh over 10 over 20 yards over 30 yards over 40 yards over 50 yards and we're seeing how consistently players are winning and getting those big yardage points so People are a bit frustrated with um, Devontae Adams because he's only had one play over 30 yards this season, which is 32 yards. So, you know, he's done. He's getting his yards the hard way, uh, the really hard way. So, you know, that's why people perhaps are not as happy with Devontae Adams as they should be versus someone like Stefan. So I'm trying to find someone who's got a comparable number of uh, catches. Uh Let's have a look. Chris, uh, not a great example. So Chris Olave is interesting. One less catch, but he's got 10 yards less. The average is 11. So they have similar sort of stat lines, right? Um, DJ Moore is interesting. Four less catches, but nearly, but 150, over 150 more yards. Um, so a lot more vertical, for example. And then you start to look into the big plays. Uh, six over 30, four over 20, uh, four over uh, two over 40, two over 50. There you go. And that's the difference. Um, that's kind of going to do it, I think, for re the receiving 
stats. I think that's kind of it for the stats. So, you know, for me, I've kind of talked through the stats I look at. There's lots of different ways. I think the receiving ones are by far like the most you could get into it the most and you can sort of really find conflicting information. So I think for me, you're looking at advanced stats from, you know, for me, I look at volume. I'm looking at have them producing. Are they getting red zone targets? Um, are they making big plays? That's kind of, and are they getting, are they a focal point of their offense? And they're the kind of big ones uh, for me from a receiving side. And I've talked about the quarterback and running back sides. I hope this has been useful. I'd love to get some feedback on this. Um, it's not something I do or many analysts do that often. So I was pleased to be asked and pleased to talk about this. Um, I will do a deep dive strategy points podcast for Thursday morning. And I'll talk a little bit more about the trends going up and going down the players and deep dive that uh, in a bit more detail. But I wanted to get something out to you today um, just to sort of make, you know, this, this question was asked me by two different people. I thought, okay, this would be a cool topic to, to do. So I've, I've done it. Um, I don't know how useful people find it. But yeah, if you look, these are all free sites. So, you know, Next Gen Stats is free. Again, do it on your desktop. Don't do it on your phone. It doesn't work as well. Um, the other thing we did, uh, the other thing I didn't mention with Next Gen uh, Stats is the charts, right? This is really cool. So on Next Gen Stats, they have these amazing, you've probably seen these on X or Twitter and wonder where people get these from. These are free. You can literally like take copies of these and put them on. Um, uh, I put them on on Twitter. Um, I really like looking at the quarterback ones in particular because I'm looking at where QBs are throwing the ball um, and you get a really good idea in their completion rates. Uh, and you're getting a good idea of where they're running. But the receivers is really cool because you can look at like the routes they've run and, and where they're running them, um, as well as also running backs. You can see where they're running, where they're getting the big gains. So they're just going up the gut or are they actually spreading out wide? So if you look at like Josh Jacobs, um, performance of week nine, 26 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns. You can look at where his touchdowns came from, which were kind of up the gut, but you can see where his big gains were, well, right to the right. So have a look through the charts. I really like them. I think they're really good. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate uh, all of you who tune and subscribe. Uh, hope this pod's been really useful. Um, appreciate some of you, you might get lost in this or you don't care. Completely understand this is a very nerdy topic. So this is a bit niche, but I hope it's uh, been useful. But these are the tools that I use that are free, that are really good. So Next Gen Stats, Player Profiler, uh, Fantasy Pros have the best ones. Uh, if you're looking for subscription sites, you know, I can't get past the Fantasy Pros. Um, sorry, the um, uh, Fantasy Points Data Suite. That's amazing. And uh, I use that for uh, looking at uh, wide receiver cornerback matchups, uh, looking at targets per route run. Um, fantasy points per route run, um, all those sorts of more advanced analytics and stats there to me are the most important. Um, but these are the stats I use. This is what I use to build my rankings. This is what I use to build uh, and seek potential and buy loads, have high players. I'm looking at players that are overachieving and underachieving, and that's just based on where they are compared to where I've done over previous years. So I look at their metrics and try and understand why, um, and why they do better. So like, some are really easy. So like Keenan Allen is doing much better than he has done because he's got an offensive coordinator who's very good at getting wide receivers open. Raheem Mostert is doing much better than expected because he's in a scheme where they know how to scheme running backs open. And we've seen this with not just him, but with Devon Achan. Um, Rashad White isn't a bad running back. Like everyone says, he's a bad running back. It's He's in a scheme in a team where they just can't run the football and haven't for several years. And this is historic. So, you know, everyone, this narrative of Rashad White's a, a, a not good running back is just like, I don't understand it. It's people who don't watch the game 
their games day in, day out, or week in, week out. I'm not saying he's been brilliant, but he's not in a scheme where he's succeeding because that is a scheme that hasn't succeeded for several years. Yes, they've changed the offensive coordinator. That doesn't matter. If they still, if you've got something that hasn't worked and hasn't worked for a number of years, the concept are relatively similar, especially in that run game. So that's why someone like Michelle White hasn't been as good. Um, and I know he's a player I tipped. I thought he'd get more. You know, I tipped him because uh, as a player who would have reasonable fantasy success because he's in a team where he's not going to get any competition. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, and, you know, where, where he is now um, compared to, you know, where you drafted him, he is now, especially in the last few weeks, he's had consecutive top 10 fantasy point, uh, fantasy uh, finishes. So he's been an RB1 the last couple of weeks. Um, but then we've also got, um, I'm just checking out now where, where he ranks on the season. I've gone completely off topic. Um, let's just pull this up. Uh, I get this data off fantasy pros, by the way, because again, you can filter it by scoring system. So um, I look at fantasy leaders. Um, so if we look at running backs in half point PPR, Rashad White is currently running back 16. He's running back 16, and he was kind of being drafted just after Isaiah Pacheco. He's running back 12. Um, and then he's but if you look at where he is, you were tracking him inside running back 18 and below, so he's outperforming there. Uh, but more importantly, uh, he's ahead of players. He's going to catch up players like Brian Robinson, who's trending backwards, Kenneth Walker, who's trending backwards, um, Kyron Williams, who's been on IR and missed another week. So these are players that he will catch up to. I reckon he catches up to Bijan Robinson. He's only a point behind him as well. So I think, you know, he's going to finish roundabout. I think he can roundabout where he is. I think he's going to be. Uh, run about 15, run about 14, which from where you draft him, he's going to hit that. He's going to hit that. I said he'd be sort of in that running back 15, running back 16 range. You were getting him in the 20s. Worked out well. Isaiah Pacheco, similar range, similar result. If they stay healthy, which I guess we'll wait and see. But I'm off topic, just got to clear that one up. Um, but this is why, again, it's important to watch the games. So I've said my piece on that. Watch the games, but also if you don't, these are the stats. Hope they help. Appreciate all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in. I look forward to catching up with you tomorrow uh, for some more information, more stats and more pods. So until then, Rush Nation, don't forget, as always, keep rushing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 